0: Hello and welcome to Women with bleh. Hello and welcome to Women with Books. This is Lindsay Emery, author and your host of Women with Books. A few housekeeping items before we get into the joyous thing that is this week's interview with Laura Von Holt, aka Madame de Boudoir. First, the month of November is running out. And for those who don't know, I am donating all proceeds from November, from the sales of my Christmas novella, Resisting Santa, to Hurricane Relief. It's the Lindsay Emery version of a Hallmark Christmas romance movie, which means it's funny, it's quirky, and there's a few twists. Yes, there's always a twist in a Lindsay Emery book. You can find the link to that in the show notes, and I would appreciate you guys checking it out and spreading the word so that I can give back as much as possible. Also, uh, make sure you're on the newsletter. I'll put the sign up link for that in the show notes and you can also go to womenwithbooks.com and click on the link there. It's the best way to get the podcast delivered straight to your inbox and there is bonus content from the authors you love to listen to like Penny Reed, and Laura Von Holt, aka Madame de Boudoir. And finally, we're coming to the end of season one of Women With Books! I can't believe it. It's been a journey, it's been a lot of work, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, Each week that I release an episode, um, I think is my favorite week, which I think is a good sign. Uh, Every author or, or guest I've had on the show has made me think, has made me laugh. Uh, I, I think about questions that I should have asked them <laughs> for weeks afterwards. But that just means I have to have them back on my show. Um, but thank you, all you listeners out there, for starting this journey with me. I mean, i I've really love talking to you even though i can't see your faces i see the downloads and they're just growing and growing and growing and it's been beyond what i thought it would be which meant that i was completely right and that there's a community out there there are readers out there who just want to talk about books and want to hear about books and um i still want to hear from you so i am taking a little break through the holidays Um, please feel free to use that time to catch up on old episodes. I know it's not ideal next year. I will plan (laughs) to release things during the holidays, but um, I need to focus on writing and editing some of my books over the next uh, month or so. But I'm still working behind the scenes on the podcast with I'm doing some interviews, uh, stocking up on those, I'm scheduling guests and talking to them. And Y'all, I'm completely 100% sincere about this. If there's anything or anyone you want to recommend, a book that you love, I am specifically really interested in like your best books of 2017, that would be awesome. Um, Give me a call at the number in the show notes. If you don't have to type anything, you're not gonna really talk to me, you're just leaving me a message and uh, I'll either write it down or, or play it on the air. Uh, You can leave me a message on our Facebook page, which is just search for women with books. Um, I seriously want to know who, what, where, when, all your thoughts, uh, who you would like to hear from on the upcoming season two of the pod. Um, I just got a great little email last week. Um, Bonjour to a listener in France. I won't say your name because I didn't I forgot to ask you permission for that, but you know who you are because you're the only French listener who's, who's reached out, but that was such a thrill to know that uh, someone out there who loves uh, romance books is listening across the Atlantic and uh, would love to hear more specifically, possibly about paranormal romance. So um, again, chime in with our French contingent or tell me what else I need to know. Now, this episode uh, interviewing Laura Von Holt, aka Madame de Boudoir, and I'm saying it that way on purpose, you'll find out in a minute. This episode pretty much epitomizes what women with books is all about. We're smart, we're funny, we make you think, and we love all the books. And you will see that right now. Hello and welcome to Women with Books. Who do I have in the interview today? I don't even know.
1: <laughs> Bonsoir, Bonsoir. Bienvenue. Welcome and hello. <laughs> I am Madame de Boudoir, storyteller and siren.
0: <laughs> nice. You're the fanciest guest I've had on the show. Thank you. <laughs> Sorry, Kate Claiborne. She thought she was all fancy because she wrote a book about the lottery,
1: but no. She is pretty fancy. Uh, I'm also Laura von Holt, but I write as Madame de Boudoir. And she, um, really, I'm the vessel, and so I never know when she's going to come in, so she will pop in from time to time.
0: Well, I welcome Madame de (laughs) Boudoir. 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 (laughs) Boudoir. boudoir
1: I got uh, that's all I remember of my high school French so that's how I gave myself that pet name that's what you remember from high school French boudoir
0: that um, and où est la bibliothèque which is kind of perfect because yeah, you the remember library? the bedroom and the library and now voilà voilà look what you do
1: yeah it's a really good education
0: that's good yeah. I mean, you would think that you would have, like, a whole classroom filled with romance authors then.
1: You would think. I think other people retained a different set of knowledge. (laughs) (laughs) They ask, like, is
0: this fish fresh? And (laughs) where is the bathroom?
1: Oh, I can do that. I can ask that. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, see?
0: So, Laura Von Holt is Mm -hmm. my very dear friend, and Mm -hmm. she is a writer, an entrepreneur, and fairy boss mother. Mm -hmm, Correct. And all around, um, like, the Carrie Bradshaw of 2017, I think. Thank
1: you. Thank you so much. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Because, like, you. Carrie
0: just wrote, like, this this newsletter column, which was a big deal back in 1998. Yeah, big deal. But you are, like, multimedia oh, Carrie yeah. Bradshaw. Thank you. And you um, are a woman around town who has tremendously entertaining stories, and I live vicariously through you. Like, before we got on... <laughs> Uh, We started recording. You were telling me this great story about your sales director.
1: Yes, my regional sales director. Okay, so here's the story. To add to the glamour, everyone, I live in New York City. I know. And not only do I live in New York City, I live in Manhattan. And I also live in SoHo. So sometimes I impress myself. Um, and across... Everyone's impressed. Everyone who's listening right now... I hope you're impressed. Is very impressed. I'm impressed. All my friends moved to Brooklyn because they wanted space, and I just wanted the glamour. So, I live in Manhattan, um, and across the street from me, there is another very enterprising man who has a coffee shop, and this coffee shop is genius because you can have a membership. So, you pay $35 a month, and you get all the coffee you want, and genius. it's... Yeah, genius. And especially it's genius in the summer because everywhere in New York has to have cold brew, but it's like 4 or $5 for a cold brew coffee. But when it's you have unlimited coffee, it's very affordable. Um, and the coffee shop also has a store and they have events and stuff there. So I go in there every day and I'm friends with everybody who works there. But a few months ago, this wonderful young man started working there. His name is Noah Evan Wilson. He's a musician. You guys should buy his song. It's on iTunes. Um, and so Noah just moved to New York and he one day asked me what I did and I said oh well I write erotic romance novels about mermaids and like his little eyes just lit up and he was like what 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 and I realized like I had finally achieved a status in my life that I'd always wanted where like I'm the reason he moved to New York where did to, like, he move people. from he lived in Denver but he's also he calls himself kind of a vagabond because he's lived okay. a, a lot of places in his short life he's let's change it for the
0: story like he moved from a farm in nebraska yeah, Is he was
1: from a farm in Nebraska. And he
0: had never met, like, a woman before.
1: No, he's. I'm really the first real woman he's ever met. He's really, yeah, exactly, that's it. That
0: makes a really good story.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, he's never known. he's never known women. He's never known love. He's, like, here in the city to have a grand adventure. He finds the perfect job for him because he's so friendly at a coffee shop where, because it's a membership coffee shop, you end up knowing everyone's name. So everyone that comes in the store, he knows their name and if he doesn't know their name it means that they're not a member and then he tries to get them to join the coffee shop so he's really good at his job already this is why i scouted him for his talent um anyway so every time i would go in the coffee shop he'd be like how's the book and then i also have a mermaid podcast so he wanted to know like you know every day like what kind of mermaids might i be talking to um so then when the book came out i he was like he and this other girl that he shares a shift with were like, every time I would come in, they'd be like, have you met Madame de Boudoir? She writes erotic romance novels. And he would tell everyone, like, I'm going to read my first erotic romance novel. So, like, He's hand-selling I... my book before it came out to everyone in New York.
0: <laughs> I see you in, like, this corner of the coffee shop. It's dark. It's mm-hmm. It's lit by, like, a single flickering rosy lampshade yes, and you have a turban on and you've yes. got a long cigarette holder <laughs> yes. it's not lit because it's that would lit. be against the law that's against the but law but <laughs> yeah. yeah and you're just sipping coffee out of this like golden like those old timey things yeah that those, were doing, those, like, those vienna mugs yeah those mugs from vienna yeah exactly yeah. They're, gilded,
1: they're gilded um gilded coffee cups yeah. yeah and
0: you're you're sipping you're sipping coffee and and, and every once in a while, you look up over your laptop yeah. and say, like,
1: hey, hello. Well, oh, so, okay, yeah. So he hand sells the book to everybody that comes in. And, and he's so cute because now that he's out, he, he'll he be like, someone will come in and he knows he's talking about me. He, go, he goes, she's right there. Do you want to meet Madame de Boudoir? <laughs> like, he'll introduce me. It's the cutest thing ever. So it's like, I gave him the title of brand ambassador, which made him feel very empowered. And now I'm and now he's working his way up to regional director. Yeah.
0: Um, Now, once you've told this story, if other... New York local writers start moving into your coffee shop are you yeah. going to welcome them or tell them to get out of your territory oh no
1: I will welcome them because okay. a rising tide lifts all boats yes and also Noah's still good at his job and he's going to get tired of talking about my book oh but okay so the other day I was in the coffee shop and I was writing um at the end of the book if you subscribe to my newsletter you are sent a bonus scene that happens one month after the end of the book and so and it, there is um there's a love scene in that part Mm. And so I was writing this erotic uh, scene, and he was so cute. He like put his chin on my shoulder and read over my shoulder because he wanted to know how merman sex works out. And he hadn't read my book yet, so he like had a lot of scientific questions about it. Um, and it was it was a little embarrassing. Well, I've never had anybody as a read farm a sex boy scene. from Nebraska. Wood. Yeah, he needed to know exactly. I've never had anybody read over my shoulder while writing. Um, a sex scene but um so I had to like hide my face in my sweater because it was very vulnerable um but then we shared that moment and now we're closer
0: when I used to um I used to take the train uh to my day job Mm -hmm. and my train times were very sacred to me because actually I did get writing done on the train but there were some times where you know and people would always look over your shoulder and try and see what you're doing and (laughs) And there would just be times where I'm like, I can't, I can't do this. Like as much as you pump yourself up and say, I'm a writer, I can do it. Totally. This, there's nothing shameful about what no. I do. <laughs> it, it just having that, att- and it might not even, it might not have even been an embarrassing scene. You know, it might just be of some other scene where you're feeling vulnerable putting yeah. those words out on the page. Yeah. And then you've got like Miss Snoopy pants sitting next to you holding her getting in bible like on what are you doing because i would sit sat next to people with bibles do they have that in
1: new york (laughs) wait you just cut out so i missed the end of your question
0: oh so when i was on public transportation a lot of other people used their time to read the bible Oh. Is that also common in New York or is that a Dallas thing?
1: You, you know, I don't normally see people with the Bible, but like it's New York that could be reading anything on their phone right. or their iPad. So, I mean, usually if you if there's a Bible happening in some subway, it's like someone has a stand in the station and they're just quoting from heart by heart. Mm. So um, it's really, you know, everything in New York is performance. Yeah. Yeah. So then That's you, you,
0: you were in your yeah. perfect place.
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Everything is performance, including my pen name.
0: And for the record, I didn't only see people reading the Bible. There was also a lot of Quran reading on my train. Oh,
1: there you go. See,
0: it's a melting pot.
1: It is a melting pot, even here in Dallas.
0: All right. So I don't know if we buried the lead or not, but you have a debut novel out. So congratulations. Thank
1: you very much. Thank you very much.
0: I love debut authors.
1: Yay. Um, yes, very exciting. What I feel like what's exciting about it, so if anybody out there is working on a book and you haven't published yet, um, Madame de Boudoir has some advice for you. Oh, do tell. Yeah, I will, I will. And it, it is that it takes, it takes a coven, <laughs> it takes a village. Um, but I will say, so my publishing journey is a few years ago, I have like a longer story that I tell but I won't tell it now but a few years ago I woke up on my 33rd birthday and was like I'm gonna write a book finally and so I took this like amazing writing retreat and I was writing a fantasy novel and it was like really great and I then got some writer's block and now um And ended up taking a course called the Creative Insight Journey, which I now teach, which helps people get over creative obstacles. But uh, coming out of that writer's block, I joined the Romance Writers of America, which is how I met you and all of the women of the HBIC Nation um, group. Um, but so I had been very precious about writing this fantasy book because it was like the book of my soul. <laughs> yeah. And then when I was like, well, I also want to write some romance. I got very like a showbiz about it because I have a theater background. So I was like, you gotta have a gimmick. You gotta have a gimmick. And uh, my gimmick, I decided it was going to be mermaids since I was already into them. And I didn't see a whole lot of people writing about them. Um, but what I discovered through all of the encouragement of the HBIC women was that it could be like really fun to write a book instead of like draining my blood from my veins while I poured out my heart. Um, so my advice to a new writer is let it be fun and let it be joyful and let it be playful um, and, and then just get the book out because it's way more fun to have a book out than to be like, I'm working on my novel. That part's boring. <laughs> it really is and it's
0: not it doesn't impress anybody
1: no it doesn't i mean it's a good excuse to get out of parties like when my when i'm home with my family and i have to go to like a command performance i'm like uh tell them i can't come i'm working on my novel all right for the record
0: if any of my family is listening i legit
1: <laughs> legit working on your
0: novel i i am i have deadlines i have people who are expecting (laughs) things and i was already (laughs) planning for next week and thanksgiving being like okay um while you guys are watching this game i need to go sit at the kitchen table and review some things so i mean you
1: have a contract and you know even if you don't have a contract contract you can have a contract with yourself and tell people i can't do this i'm working on my novel um I also just find that like in general i like to be dramatic about some things but i feel like it doesn't always help me to be like this one piece is the most important thing i've ever written although it is the most important thing i've ever written um but that's my general advice having now that i have all the wisdom having published i would say just just do it
0: well just to clarify for those that don't know when you say hbic ladies you're referring to a community that Mm -hmm. you and i both co-founded along with four other authors and it's called HBIC Nation, and it's a community to support creative entrepreneurs. So if anyone's interested in that, <laughs> yeah,
1: come on over.
0: <laughs> and it's not just for beginners. I mean, we have people of all, um, and it's not just for writers. We have people of all different disciplines, disciplines, mm-hmm. and people who are just starting out, who are, are still saying, "I'm working on my novel," and people who have kind of you know big time careers. So, um, but we're we're all about support and empowerment and telling you to get your butt into that chair and put yeah. some words down on a piece of paper or and, whatever. And you I do. also
1: made the conscious decision to self- publish these novels, so I would have had a different journey if I had wanted to go the traditional route with them. But it, I don't think I would be able to go the self-publishing route without the support of other people who are also um, you know on the same path or had some experience with it. Um, because and, I mean, any new venture is a little is daunting yeah yeah. but you are handling it with a plum plum well you know I mean I, that's why I'm saying you have some fun with it because now that it's like yes I have a novel would you like to read it I'm, I'm waiting to go to holiday parties where I just take people's phones and then make them buy my book in front of me that's gonna be my dream <laughs> and
0: that does happen it does know, happen right? yeah They're like, where can I find it? I'm like, come here, let me just show you
1: (laughs) right there. One one click that. There you go.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So the debut novel that we are referencing is called Mm -hmm. King of the Sea. Mm -hmm. And I may have been remiss and haven't mentioned the title yet. King of the Sea, King of the Sea, King of of the sea, Sea, King of the Sea. Yeah. And it's like we said, mermaids. Mm -hmm.
1: And are you calling it erotic romance? I'm calling it erotic romance, erotic romance, erotic, erotic parent, merman, erotic paranormal romance. There's a merman is the supernatural character in in this one. So so this is the story. It is inspired. It's inspired by the Moulin Rouge and by the Little Mermaid. Um, And it is about King Triton, who's king of the sea. Who has a certain young daughter who's fallen in love with a prince? Some of you might remember that backstory by Hans Christian Andersen first. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Not Give the man his props. (laughs) Yeah, Hans Christian Andersen first. Okay. Shout out to Hans Christian Andersen. (laughs) Although, you know, we did, the RWA conference was in Disney World, and I did go on the Little Mermaid ride, and there is a very handsome statue of Triton there. And he has really nice biceps, and I found those very inspiring. Um, but yeah, so this is a story of of Triton and his, his daughter has fallen in love with a prince, which is against the rules. And he goes to the surface um, to have his revenge against this stupid prince that would take his daughter from him. And he gets a little bit distracted because on the beach there is this beautiful woman who is dancing. And this is Alexandra, an orphan who has uh, come to Monte Carlo in the early days of Monte Carlo. This is in the late 1800s when it was uh, a baby casino. It wasn't quite, you know, the, the gem that it is today. And she's come to make her fortune at the opera house by dancing. But she faces discrimination because she's American. They won't let her dance. So she takes to the beach to dance. And that is where she encounters the king of the sea. Where did you get this idea? <laughs> okay, well, thank you. This I also have to credit HBIC with this because I had been kind of thinking, like, which stories would I tell? And then um, <clears throat> a certain Alexandra Houghton <laughs> was watching The Little Mermaid, and she said, could you write me some Silver Fox dirty fan fiction? <laughs> and I said, yes, yes, I can. <laughs> 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 and then the book was born. <laughs> And that is how books get exactly. I mean, readers, tell us what you want. What tell, you us. want. tell us what you and, want. And we'll make it happen for you. I'm also wondering if I'm gonna end up carving out the other characters that I have planned for later books. This is this the Sea of Love series. So 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 you guys are gonna get this is an early sneak peek, I'll tell you tell you here Ooh. first. Um, yes. My general idea is that this love affair between Triton and Alexandra opens up a golden age of merfolk and human relations, so there are many more love stories to come.
0: Relations. Relations.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so I have many other stories and characters planned. Um, but then I'm also wondering if I'm going to get myself into like a silver fox niche, um, because I I went to Finland recently and I met Santa Claus. At Santa Claus, and he, this Santa Claus, I was, I was in uh, the Arctic Circle in Rovaniemi. That's how Santa Claus taught me how to say it. And, uh, but this Santa Claus was very tall, maybe seven feet tall, and his hands were so huge. Like when he held his iPhone, there was like, like way more hands left. <laughs> <His mom. laughs> like, way more hands. Left. I can't think of an accurate um, comparison, but it was huge, and um, and I was telling Franny about this, uh, Franny, who you've also had on the podcast, our favorite yes. librarian. One she of was on librarians. our inaugural <laughs>
0: episode, librarian yes. number one for yes. all
1: of us. And Franny was like, "Are you going to write about Santa Claus?" <laughs> and I was like, "I don't know, maybe." Except that he has Mrs. Claus, and I, I don't, I don't want any extracurricular activity there. Yeah. And I don't want to kill off Mrs. Claus. That would just be miserly. <laughs> yeah. All
0: right. Yeah, so. All right. We're going to yeah. put this in the
1: back of our heads. Yeah. We'll figure yeah. that out. Yeah. But anyway, so, but yes, yeah, Santa Claus has enormous hands. He's very kind. He has an iPhone and he helped me find the Northern Lights. He told me when it would be.
0: What if it's like Santa Claus's yeah. evil twin brother?
1: Oh, that's who good. That needs redemption. Ooh, redemption. Yes. Yes. Fake he's Santa like, Claus. He's like the biker version. Of yeah, biker bike. version. I guess I could get motorcycle gang, biker version Santa Claus, and mermaid, Arctic mermaids all in one yeah. go.
0: And he all gets right. redeemed yeah. by, yeah. by a, but a
1: love of a mermaid.
0: So, I, and this is going to drive me crazy, and I'm going to have mm-hmm. to pick it up with you later on. Um, okay. I just saw a discussion someplace, and I don't remember where, but it was about kind of Silver Fox romance or something Ooh, okay. you know, like an older protagonist romance. So, mm-hmm. um,. Now I, I was probably scrolling through something too fast and saw it. So I'll have to yeah. look around for that and get you that link. But hey readers, if you yeah. are interested in this, uh hit up hit up Madame de, de Boudoir. Oh, because you can, you can she apparently is... yeah, I'll take yeah, requests. She, yeah, take <laughs> custom custom fanfic right <laughs> custom to your door. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So you love mermaids. It's for the people. It's for the people. That's right. So you love mermaids. When did you start loving mermaids in the in the um,
1: wholesome sense? The wholesome sense. Yes, yeah, so like as a wee lass, I had a wholesome love for mermaids. Um I'm not really sure. I mean, I just kind of always liked them and when the little mermaid, the Disney version came out, I was really into that. But prior to that, there, um, I don't know if anybody, if anybody is of the age that I am, they might remember Fairy Tale Theater, which I think was on PBS or something, but I had them on like VHS cassettes. And it was Shelley Duvall, and she would introduce some fairy tale, and then it would be reenacted. And it had like Ellen Barkin was in one, and Howie Mandel, and a bunch of, um, great actors were in these fairy tales in like the early parts of their career and so there was one where Shelley duvall was the little mermaid and it's like not very good special effects but very charming um but so yeah so i did like the little mermaid movie was very influential i think also i grew up i grew up in hawaii um Mm -hmm. and there's not a lot of mermaid legend there but there's a lot of like gods will be sharks and then they'll be in human form and stuff so there's like a transformational element um but I think, and my stepmom is really into them and she kind of collects them all over our house. So that's like already in the ether. But I think actually what happened is that Pinterest was invented um, because when I started a Pinterest account, there were all these mermaid pictures. And so I would just start pinning them. And then all of a sudden there was like all of this art I had never seen and, um, just you know many many mermaids that i could look at all day and then people who are following me realized i was pinning mermaids and so then like somehow all of my friends just knew and then anytime there was a mermaid thing in the news everyone on facebook will post it to my wall or send it to me and so this is where the entrepreneur in me is got really crafty and i'm just gonna be quite honest here is that i was like if people see a mermaid and then they think of me that's the kind of branding that you can't buy True. And so that's when I was like, well, if it's already happening, I'll just go with it. So that's when I decided that I would be writing about mermaids. Um, And then along the lines of that is about a year and a half ago, I started a company called Cinderly um, with my good friend Luke. And we have been developing an app and lots of little games and stickers for the iPhone. And we have a mermaid game out. And since I was already writing about mermaids and obsessed with mermaids, and we realized that any time we wrote about mermaids on our blog, it got like a lot of traffic, I thought I would cash in on that as well. And so that's why I started the Mermaid Podcast. Um, So I guess my real goal is to be a mermaid mogul, um, to be kind of like uh, associated as a mermaid expert. Um, I have a feeling they're going to be on the rise and um, people will just need someone to come and talk to And I'm always happy to be interviewed.
0: I think it's kind. I mean, it's definitely become a thing in the yeah. last year or two. Um, you see mermaid kids stuff. You see grown ups talking about them. You yeah. see. Um, I mean, my kid's soccer coach, when they have a water practice, she brings a tail to swim in. Really? Um,
1: yeah. Yeah. Oh, fun. Okay.
0: Yeah, she knows all. And I think I think when uh, they did that last time, I told her because you had told me recently there was a big uh, controversy about.
1: Knockoff mermaid tales. Yeah, there's some drama. Yeah. So that's
0: it's so interesting, and but that's definitely a, 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 a I don't know, zeit, in the zeitgeist. Is yeah, that, is that
1: the right word? Sure, I'll go with that. And I
0: think yeah. that and from a fiction perspective, it's interesting because I mean, people might have noticed when we were trying to describe it earlier. It's kind of in the the middle of the Venn diagram between paranormal mm-hmm. and fantasy.
1: Yeah. And yeah. fairy tale. <laughs> I fairy mean, tale and mythology. Right, and yeah. so
0: if you like any of those things, I think you can grab, you know, people from all of
1: those areas. And yeah, it's not strictly shifter, but right? Kind of, kind of. <laughs> in, in my mythology, they do. And so I, I mean, also Splash was one of my favorite movies growing up.
0: Um, That's so good. I have
1: been trying to get Daryl Hannah on the podcast, but she's, um, she's not into it yet. She doesn't know about that. I mean, oh, the other big goal of the podcast I need to mention since like if I put this on the universe, it will happen. So Channing Tatum you know magic mike xxl best classic m- american film like wonderful piece of cinema channing tatum is supposed to star in their remake of splash and it's they're gonna switch it and he's gonna be the merman and there'll be a, a human lady love interest um and so my goal is to get him on the podcast and so i just if anybody out there is friends with him or they have a connection i just need you to talk to him or somebody who, who's making the movie and let him know that we're ready for him so that's okay. Say that um but we're... Channing Tatum and Daryl Hannah, everyone, we're putting yeah. it out in the universe. Yeah, I need them. Um, but so in that, so in Splash, I mean, Splash, if you go back and watch the movie and also look at the script, like it's very tight the way that they very easily incorporate the supernatural elements and explain the world building. Um, it's it's really well done. But so, in you know, in that she's a mermaid in the water and then um, she has legs on land. And so I borrowed that mythology because I figured, number one, I just liked it. And then number two, I also figured it would make some things um, easier for interaction between humans and merfolk mm-hmm. to give them some flexibility. So,
0: <laughs> flexibility,
1: yeah. <laughs> um,
0: you kind of mentioned it. I'm I'm interested to hear because I know you have done some research uh-huh. into mythology and history, and and could you tell us some
1: things yeah. you learned or
0: what you what you've had to do to get sure i mean i've done
1: a lot of lot of googling a lot of reading and and i keep finding like more and more books that i that i buy and and are like you know i'm reading them about mermaids um but so so there's a lot of different angles and there's a lot of different mythologies like most cultures in the world have some sort of aquatic god or goddess figure or legend so and i think the oldest one goes back to like 1500 bc or earlier and there's um as a Syrian goddess who like flung herself into the water because she it was like an unrequited love situation, but she was so beautiful. She couldn't turn into a fish. It was only, ha- she was only half fish or something. So a lot of the, the original tales are like kind of tragic. And on the podcast, I just did um, a little bit about legends and they're the Russian ones or the are and they're like women who like lost in love or like lost children or something. And now they drown people. So they're, they're pretty dark. Um, and, And I, and so I have a lot of theories about this and and I'm not a scholar, but these are my, my theories about this are that for so long in human history, the ocean has been so unexplored and it's like, you know, it's the water is a symbol of life, but it's also, um, you know, this terrifying expanse, like we can barely survive in it, um, And then also, um, the ocean is also a metaphor for our subconscious because it's like, what's in the deep, what, you know, what lies below, what is the unknown? Um, so my working theory is that part of the enduring fascination of mermaids, because it's not like vampires right now are, you know, are hot or have been hot and, but their, their, their place in our pop culture is a lot newer. Um, a lot more recent than mermaids but I think that mermaids have been so enduring because they connect us to a part of ourselves that is wild and that is unknown um, that are you know that are masters in an environment that we cannot fully inhabit without some sort of adaptation Um, and so and i think also the fact that we um there's so much more mythology about mermaids versus mer- men have a lot to do with our like the long history of our feelings about women and like unbridled sexuality um or sensuality and um and then also um kind of a little bit of a fear of female anger mm because they're often the stories are very violent like they might kiss you but that might drown you um you know the sirens are going to lure Odysseus to his death um and so it's I think the mermaids encapsulate a lot of the dance that we do um with like un like unbridled femininity it's a powerful force yes it is it always (laughs) comes back to that though (laughs) right yeah exactly and and i and i wear those sexy women (laughs) totally wear those sexy women um but also at the same time it's like i want more sexy women um but i also think it also has to do a little bit with like a goddess archetype where like a goddess archetype is um a little bit um omnipotent and then and also um just having to do with, like, a force that is greater than us and, and having to do with forces that and some a creature that knows about forces that we can't control. Yeah.
0: yeah. You know, in this world we're living in, in the second half of 2017, mm-hmm. where we wake up every day and there's a new scandal about mm-hmm. sexual harassment, sexual assault, you know, men of power who have been taking advantage of women. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think we're finally... Hopefully, coming to an age where we're not blaming the victim. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because, but the mermaid stories, a lot of these show you how far back that's gone. Mm-hmm. Where it wasn't my fault. She jumped over the boat and kissed <laughs> right. me. Totally. You, know, um, yeah. you know, what was I supposed to do? <laughs> and I don't know why I just went into that accent. I'm, I'm dramatic too. Real, yeah. I'm dramatic. <laughs> um, yeah. And, you know, but maybe. Uh, Maybe we're in for a new age of mermaids. where
1: Yeah, and I think also what's interesting about mermaids is they also really represent freedom and duality. And, you know, I write erotic romance, so I've thought a lot about the genitalia of mermaids. But the other thing that I have found really interesting in some of my research is what a symbol, what a mermaid can mean. Um, Because it's like her sexual parts are hidden, you know, um, it's kind of lends like another another angle of mystery. Um, And it's also like, are they sexual? Are they asexual? Um, But also that the other thing I think is cool is that a mermaid can be a real symbol for some of the trans community um, because you don't either, you know, their bodies are kind of amorphous Um, and it's not right. You know, it's not, they're not completely defined by their sex parts as in the binary way that um, our culture usually thinks of gender. That's beautiful.
0: Yeah, I mean, sexuality is literally fluid. Yeah, and fluid through a mermaid. Yeah, uh, or mer yeah. person.
1: Yeah, mer person. Yeah, exactly.
0: Wow. Um, Deep yeah. Thoughts. So
1: yeah, and then also that you know they're so powerful, and then uh, and so through like the mermaid podcast and all the. Mermaids, the, so in the mermaid podcast, I should clarify, I interview professional mermaids and mermaid experts. So I'm like literally talking to people who um, spent a lot of their career uh, dressed up as a mermaid performing. Um, but what what uh, the common story is that you know the first time you put on a tail, you suddenly feel completely beautiful and completely free. And while it's like very challenging physically to swim underwater with a tail and build up the lung capacity, and you know there's it's a kind of an extreme sport. Um, the, the overwhelming story amongst professional and also amateur mermaids is um, that sense of power and freedom that the tale gives you that you, like it's it's being able to like literally transcend your current circumstances and turn into a creature that is free and powerful and um, can swim fast and, you know, conquer the water um, and be something of mystery and also be uh, playful um, in a way that we can't be in our normal day to day lives.
0: Yeah, I recommended um, well I recommend to everyone who wants to learn more about mermaids or more discussion about mermaids to go to your podcast which is Cinderley's the mermaid mermaid podcast, podcast yeah mermaid podcast mermaidpodcast.com
1: it's
0: it's really good and actually I put one of your episodes in my last newsletter to I recommend um, oh. it's my women with books newsletter but at the end I recommend a couple of other episodes that I've enjoyed lately and because Yay. it was Halloween you had a you had a mermaid spooky mermaid spooky episode mermaids, yeah. which i really enjoyed <laughs> thanks <laughs> i think you could do a couple can can i request can we make requests for Jodeling, podcasts too yeah. yes more spooky mermaid more spooky stories mermaids.
1: okay great good to yeah, know let's do that yeah and then in that episode i also talked about a spooky mermaid encounter i had in an underwater uh cavern it was so good in jamaica so well, i don't want to talk stuff. about it here i want if
0: you guys yeah. want to hear about uh laura's Spooky mermaid and kind of real life.
1: It happened happened to her. It happened to me.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Go to the mermaid podcast. Because it's a good story. I mean I was sitting in the carpool line (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
1: listening to it. going like oh 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 (laughs) yeah that's a good story i hadn't told it publicly before so i was like i know i'll put it on the podcast (laughs) it was really good yeah thanks and and
0: and you and i think other people want to know more and maybe it'll show up in your books
1: yeah definitely oh definitely i mean so far i haven't gotten into anything too um i mean any, any mermaid is mystical but this this particular story had to do with like a mystical water spirit so yeah
0: Oh, well, talking about books, mm-hmm. what book, um, when people have been asking you for, when people ask you for recommendations, is there <laughs> something or someone that you always recommend? And I think I know what you're going to say.
1: I think you probably know what I'm going to say. Okay. So recently, and this is all thanks to you, actually, because I had heard it before, but from Fanny on your podcast. So recently I cannot get enough of Ruby Dixon's Ice Planet Barbarians. Um <laughs> And like, okay, so as Franny said, like, it's a little weird. And you're like, what? Blue aliens, huh? And I was also like, what? Blue aliens, huh? um And I read the first one. And it's just that Ruby Dixon's voice is so amazingly fresh and funny. And and I think part of the reason why I love this Ice Planet Barbarian series is that I didn't think that I would like it. And it kept surprising me how much I was into it. And and seriously, like, I it's been a long time. I have a lot of other books to recommend. But it has been a long time since I read a book where I would put it down in the the middle like I'm alone in my apartment I'm reading about these sexy blue barbarians and I would like slow clap for some of her passages (laughs) um, I mean that hadn't (laughs) happened since you read a book by me I mean yeah exactly (laughs) exactly exactly when I was reading <laughs> resisting Xanta and I was doing some slow claps exactly <laughs> um, I, okay but- <laughs> and I just want
0: everyone to know this is legit because Laura and I are friends yeah. and we talk and slack each other all the time mm-hmm. she's she's pretty I don't want to say the word obsessed because that makes you sound like a creepy mm-hmm. yeah. stalker lady
1: enamored enchanted can't enamored get enough. enchanted
0: yeah. can't get enough yeah um, like if, if if this if if Ice Planet Barbarians was a yeah. food, this would be like a triple-decker cake on top of an ice cream sundae, and uh, yeah. we would all have a spoon in it. And yeah, and I would be
1: just—I'd actually just be rolling in it. Like that's how much I would need of it. And and so I I. I can't remember who was talking about it but there's this idea that like there's a series that you like kind of hoard like you don't want to read them all at once because you that don't read was them. on
0: the Kate Claiborne episode it was okay great okay yes, so that's where I got this here right. on this very podcast yeah
1: and it was I don't think it's until this series that I felt that way because I, like okay so the other day very sadly my, my friend's dog died and I was like oh I should just go read some Ruby Dixon and then I was like should I buy a new one and then I was like no there might be even a bigger tragedy and I'll need it <laughs> <laughs> um and so i've only read two in this series and i'm like hoarding the the rest first how many are there i don't remember. i think there's like 16 or more because there, and there's a couple other yeah. little novellas and and i then i found a facebook group where they all talk about it but they've all read all of them so they, they're way more advanced than me when they talk about it So like i can't i like i don't want to join in i just kind of like lurk and and like the post um but yeah so ruby dixon ruby dixon if you're out there i know that that's your it's your secret pen name and whoever you are in real life i just i just want you to know that i love you and i also want to be best friends with you and oh and i wrote her Because I also, like, the way she crafts, like, she makes these blue aliens sound really appealing. And all of a sudden I was like, I'm turned on by a blue alien. And it gave me a lot of hope because I, I, when I was, when I've been writing Merman or Mermaid Sex, I'm also trying to make it appealing because, like, on some level I'm talking about a fishtail, you know, which, like, might not float everyone's boat. Um, wah, wah. <laughs> and uh, so I wrote her and I was like, you gave me a lot of hope for just like having a lot of fun with the possibilities of uh, of uh, like of writing sex with a, a, a literally an alien Different form. parts. Yeah, know. exactly. Um, and also just so bananas and she owns that it's bananas. Um, So the whole thing is just, I mean, again, it feels like in the same field that I was talking about, like having fun and being playful and just writing what you want to write and not not worrying about pleasing anybody but just making it as like bananas as you want to so that if it's fun for you it'll be fun for other people did she write back she wrote back and she gave me some like really beautiful writing advice that was like let your freak flag fly someone will love it and i was like thank you (laughs) that needs to be on like a pillowcase or sampler (laughs) let your freak flag fly someone will love it you know, get, and
0: authors get told this all the time, you know, write the book that you love, because yeah. if you love it, someone else is going to love it. And yeah. it's, it's hard to see that when we're in our corner of the coffee shop.
1: Right. Um, you know, right. Oh, so then speaking of the coffee shop, so oh, okay. also how I, so like I have just converted this little coffee shop full of like 25 year old hipsters, because now they all know about Ruby Dixon, Ice Planet Barbarians. They're a little afraid to jump into it. Like they're like, I can tell that's really advanced. So I'm going to read yours first. <laughs> and then I'm going to do Ice Planet Barbarians because I'm like, yeah, it is really advanced. It's, is that like it's a doctorate? It's... and <laughs> Yeah, kind of. I was like, you know, because I don't want to spoil it for anybody, but like the way she, she, she just really, like the way she designed these aliens for, to, and the way they can pleasure a human woman is just like, again, slow clap, Ruby Dixon. Um, so Ruby I was Dixon, if planning. you're out there, I would love to have you on the podcast. Yes. Oh my God. Um, so. So I was explaining this to these coffee shop boys who, like, normally read, like, Hunter S. Thompson, and now I've converted them to romance. So
0: I was going to ask that because I think, you know, those of us in the flyover states think of New York as, you know, everyone's very sophisticated and liberal and... They are reading Hunter S. Thompson and like <laughs> biographies of, you know, economists.
1: Oh, yes. And then the Wall Street Journal and their yeah, the exactly. Street, New Yorker. No they New Yorker. they laugh
0: at the cartoons <laughs> the rest of us don't get. Totally. And um so when you are saying, you know, you're you're out and proud as a romance author, oh, yeah. what's the reaction usually?
1: Um well, that's kind of also been my personal call is like I don't want to be at all like my personal mission is I don't want to be at all ashamed to be a romance author and I want and like also one of the things that i have loved about romance and been drawn to is the fact that it's kind of openly subversive um you know it's this you know billion dollar uh share of the market and industry and it's you know almost completely run by women and written for women um and and talks about feelings and love and emotions and and explores all sorts of different uh desires and lifestyles um and you know with always the point that like the the hero the heroine the protagonist can get i can have exactly what they want and can be loved in the way they should be loved and so i love that it's like blatantly subversive but it's like girl books so no one's really paying attention and we can get away with doing it because it's girl books <laughs> um so in that way i have kind of like part of my like little my own little freak flag that i fly is to be like out and proud as a romance author and since i i write under madame de boudoir as like a persona because she introduces the books but like in my normal life i have my real name and my real name is easily found and attached to these things i i want people to know that it's okay to read them and i want to keep talking about it because like, when Fifty Shades came out, everyone on the subway was secretly hiding it. <laughs> you know, like, they're reading it on their Kindle reader and putting a different cover on it. And um, and I was like, no. Like, everyone's doing it. Just show that you're reading the book. Um, and I want... And also because uh, romance is sometimes um what's what's the word denigrated um and so i i the more i talk about it and the more i make it sound exciting to be a part of it and to talk like and to and just nerd out on something that you love i think that's what like the other people in the coffee shop respond to is that they all have something they're nerding out on so they're like oh it's one more thing to like nerd out on um But yeah, so I want to be out loud and proud as an author and as a reader. Um, I don't want people to be ashamed of reading this thing. And also, and now that we're in the time of resisting and protest, um, I got nervous. I was like, wait, if in World War II, like, what would my role be? Like, oh, no. And then I realized, no, no, no. I would be the woman sending secret codes in my books and then, like, passing them along to the resistance. Okay. Right? (laughs) I was just having this thought because I was
0: listening to this podcast the other day about... um, Uh, So you can uh, stuff you missed in history class. And it was a podcast episode about a a German resistance group. And sadly, they didn't make it very far. Mm -hmm. But um, and they how they had to type up flyers and, you know, pass them out secretly. And yeah. And I was thinking if we ever had to do a resistance and, you know, for whatever reason, yeah. We would we would put our resistance flyers inside oh yeah covers with like half naked women and abs totally and they yeah. would never know they would never
1: know they would never know like totally like don't I was, tell anyone no, guys totally. yeah don't this tell this is anyone. our plan yes and and the other like kind of beautiful thing about romance novels is I think they give you a chance to. Um, moralize in a way without moralizing but they give you an opportunity to present the world as you might like to see it so like in mine you know one of the the tensions and the, one of the rules I broke in romance is like I have got a, a guy who rules the sea like he's not gonna leave that kingdom and you have a woman who's ready to like conquer the stage of Monte Carlo you know she's and um, they're both ambitious and they both have responsibilities and so there's a tension that I have to keep them apart so that they can be fulfilled personally but I also have to bring them together and I have and I and so the book King of the Sea itself is pretty short but um if you're on my newsletter periodically I'll send you updates of their like story throughout time like other adventures they have but one of the things that I'm enjoying is getting to break the rule of like they have to be together all the time and getting to develop their relationship um, when they're apart and when they're together and how to make it like a wholehearted story about people who are ambitious and have missions um, and have to have to run empires um, but they can be united in their ambition even when they're apart it's so modern. I'm so modern. I'm thoroughly modern. It's so modern. It's
0: like you know, I have the, my you know giant social media tech company to run. Yeah. And you are you know I don't know, some, doing something on the east you know the yeah. other coast, and we'll meet together in Nebraska. Right. Every couple of months right. for our relationship time. Right. Exactly. Oh, okay. What other books? You said you had other books <sighs> yes, to recommend. Okay, what you recommend. Yes, okay,
1: so, got? right, okay. So, other things that I have been enjoying recently, um, I really liked the Alona Andrews Burn For Me mm-hmm. series. So good. And that's another one that I recommend to um, people because it's got a lot of, uh, if you're, you know, if they're not typically romance readers, I think there's a lot of it's a lot of urban magical suspense that I think they would like. Um So I've been really into that. Um, I'll just say
0: I, I, I recommend it to my mom. Yeah. She was 70 years old, but I thought she would like it because it's based in Houston and, and we're very familiar with that part of the world. That's where yeah. our family's from. And um she adored it. My sister adored it. Yeah, um, they've I've hand sold it to so many people who have hand sold it to so many people, and um, you know, don't get turned off if you haven't read these books. Don't get turned off by its magic mm. or there's you know,
1: it's very modern. This very very contemporary. Like, yeah,
0: yeah, it's just a different world, and, different and world, I think yeah. it's so much in there that that people can love. Um, and I was telling the story. I got to meet Ilona and Gordon Andrews a couple weeks ago. And I told them the story and they seemed surprised by that. I don't know why that I said, you know, like my mom reads these books and everyone I know reads these books, but, uh-huh. um, and I gushed a lot to them in person and I think I embarrassed myself. Well, that's okay. Is it? <laughs> They're going to be like uh. running and hiding. I asked them to be on the podcast though. And they were like, oh. we're busy. <laughs> but in asking. a very nice way, yeah. very nice keep, way. Like, my advice
1: will-? is keep asking because I will. people people's schedules change and eventually they might be like sure i can do this um but yeah what also what i like about that is i don't like like i like strong men but i don't like super alpha heroes who are like just kind of i don't almost like dense in the way and so what i like about the alona andrews is like there is a super alpha hero but he kind of is like I think you can t- I have a fetish for like powerful men who support powerful women. And so yes. he's kind of like totally in service to mm-hmm. this other like very powerful woman who like insists on her own terms. Um, yes. So that 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 hits all my catnip. He
0: there. lets her Oh, I agree. He lets yeah. her have her independence. But that doesn't mean he's not going to like put tanks around her house to protect her.
1: Totally, yeah. And I also <laughs> love that he gets in trouble when he's like a little too protective and she's like you didn't check that with me and he's like yeah, I didn't, <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. I love it, like, yeah.
0: Love it, love it. Now, I'm gonna, I want to go reread it. Right, oh, now. totally, it's right. super good. After we get off, I'm gonna okay, go, re-read yeah. It.
1: Um, obviously, what I, else lo- you- I loved An Extraordinary Union by Alyssa Cole. Um, the other, like, so, so again, in my like romance evangelism, my friend's husband helps me move a couch, and he's, um, you know this like lovely guy from Detroit. He like definitely doesn't read much or anything. You know, like he's constantly has like a wrestling match or a game like on his iPhone and like in his headphones. Um, but you know he can't move my move my couch and was like yo you got a lot of books and I was like yeah and I showed him an extraordinary union and like told him all about the history and he's really into African American history and like and it was and he's also like. Six five, And it was so cute to watch him, like, very tenderly hold Alyssa Cole's book and, like, Aww. read about the history and then, like, look it up. And, and he was like, oh, he's a two-year-old. He's like, oh, maybe when my daughter's older I can I can show her this. Yeah. Have you told her that story? I told my friend that story, yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so when his daughter no, older. But did you tell Alyssa? Oh, I didn't tell Alyssa. I told her on Twitter. I don't think I, don't okay. know if I told her the daughter part. Yeah. Oh, so, man. anyway, when his daughter's older, I'll give her this book um Aww. yeah it was it was very cute um so i like that so okay i have a non-romance recommendation but if anybody yes. likes fairy tale or fantasy this i mean this book is pretty popular so maybe people don't need me to recommend it but i'm going to um uprooted by naomi Novik um mm-hmm. it's a wonderful like fairy tale fantasy again very strong um heroine there's a little bit of a, a romance um plot I would have liked them to have about 17 more sex scenes but you know <laughs> I think that's why I write my own books <laughs> I think both you
0: and our friend Julia Kelly have yeah. recommended this yes, book to yes she so recommended I, it to me it's so. been on my list yeah
1: so it's it's really really good and then I'm very excited because years uh, years ago probably like two years ago um I read a book called The Shattered Court by M.J. Scott and I loved it and, and it was um I think it was, I don't, often I'm reading a book after it's come out, so I'm like, there's already a sequel out, you know, Um, but this one, there was no sequel out, there was no pre-order, and it was, like, almost hard for me to figure out how to, like, I think I just forgot that I could subscribe to her mailing list, but I, so anyway, I, like, somehow had a reminder to myself to every, like, few months I would check to see if there's a sequel, and there is a sequel, it just came out. Two days ago, um, and and it's like it's been so long. That I have to go back and reread the first one. But again, it's like magical fantasy. There's a a, a romantic um, subplot, and again, like I love stories of women coming into their own power. Okay, so did anybody, if anybody ever watched the movie Teen Witch? It was in the eighties. It's really important. And this girl gets like superpowers on her sixteenth birthday, and I was I like convinced. So. Oh my god! Oh, there's also a rap battle in it, and I'm gonna do that rap for you in a second. Um, But so as this girl gets, you know, her superpowers are activated on her 16th birthday, and I was, like, convinced that that would also happen to me, and I'm still waiting for it. So, like, any book where a girl, like, suddenly comes into her powers, like, I'm all for it. Um, Okay, so in Teen Witch, I don't think this will spoil anything, so the girl has some powers, and her best friend is kind of nerdy and likes this hot guy who has a good car, because that's how all movies go. And they like want to talk to him but they can't and her friend's like no i can't talk to him and so teen witch uses her superpowers for a second to make her friend look really cool and her like the boys are having this rap battle by their hot car with a big boombox and her friend walks over there and starts rapping and like totally wins the rap battle and and all she says is like i'm hot and you're not but if you want to hang with me i'll give it one shot top that top that (laughs) it's like i don't My favorite. Like I, just teen teen so I just it's looked so it up.
0: I just looked it up. It was in 1989. Yes. Amazon says Teen Witch is a somewhat corny, music film <laughs> filled film about yes. love, magic, and truth. Yes. <laughs> teen Witch provides a comical look back at the 1980s, complete with mediocre, generally irrelevant <laughs> musical yeah. numbers.
1: Yeah, it's great. It's so good. So good. <laughs> It's again. So I don't remember most of the music it's... ones. I just remember the the rap battle is like the pinnacle of that movie. <laughs> oh my gosh! It's um, like and, they and knew has, you. And like the fortune teller that she interacts with right before she gets her powers is the same woman who's the organist in Sixteen Candles who has the squeaky shoes. Did I? Anybody, anybody remembers? Like so, in Sixteen Candles, when this, the the older sister gets married and takes too many muscle relaxers, yeah, and like yes. can't complete her wedding ceremony, they're like, you know, the end of the wedding, like. Uh, Molly Ringwald is like in the church, like, oh, this didn't go well, and oh, my birthday, and and the, like organist has these squeaky shoes and walks by, and it's like so funny, and it's the same lady. <laughs> oh my gosh.
0: Um, just as a side note, reader, uh, readers and listeners, I would like to apologize for my dogs going crazy outside. Um, my neighbor's yard is being mowed, and apparently they cannot handle that. They can't they, handle it. Yeah. They believe that they should. Protect me from the lawnmowers that are there every week. That's so, so.
1: kind of them. It really is. Yeah. But
0: I don't think I'm going to be able to edit out the dog barks. But anyway. Yeah. Now you have a glimpse into my life.
1: Yeah, totally. Um, can I recommend a couple more?
0: Yes, go for it. Well,
1: I'm going to recommend your book, Resisting Santa. And I'm also Thank going you. to recommend Alexandra Houghton's Blue Christmas because yes. I love this mistletoe key world that is being created where it's Christmas all the time. Um, and also they're like, l- like light, fun, sassy romances. Um, but they're just, they're really, they're really funny. And, um, again, I think I'm really into like fresh voices, like you and Ruby Dixon. <laughs> so I recommend it. Not just cause you're my friend. Okay. And Thank then you. one more thing. Okay. Uh, again julia kelly gets me hooked on a lot of things so everything is credit to her but so there emma chase has the royally um i think it's the royally series and the first one is royally screwed and then it's royally matched and then i think royally endowed and i listened to the audiobooks because julia kelly was like yo this british narrator his voice and it's so true like I don't usually listen to audiobooks for romance, and now I know why. Because I would be listening to this on the subway, and all, and like, and the the men, the heroes in these books are like have like the filthiest mind. Like they can't walk down the street without getting an erection. And so, like, <laughs> like, <laughs> I, like and I mean, I don't know. I've never been a man, so maybe that's actually how it is. So like, somebody let me know. I don't know. But like, I mean, that's how. That's yeah. From in, in romance is often you know there's a lot of erections just because. We're talking about attraction. But yeah, so I'd be like on the subway, like, la, la, la. And then it would be like,
0: oh, I felt
1: myself. <laughs> you know? I would just be like, and, and when you're reading a book, you can like look at the book and like bow your head and be like, no one knows. But like when you're listening to audio, like my face is just open to the whole subway car. And I start like blushing furiously. And I'm like, pause on that. So I had to only listen to them at home because there was a lot of um, very good, uh carnality
0: (laughs) i have a very open face i make a lot of expressions i've known this since i was in high school speech and my coaches would tell me maybe don't like act out everything you're about to say um but i've kind of started to own it like when i'm writing in public places i I start feeling my face take on you know like whoever I'm. Writing oh totally. And, oh totally. And I'm just like you know what if if I, if people laugh at me, have a good day. It's yeah. Life the world is hard. Life is tough. Enjoy seeing me make silly faces. I also
1: yeah so like if there's if they're saying like his eyebrow quirked I'll like move my eyebrows.
0: <laughs> you know. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> well, audio is so intimate. Yes. Like it's. Someone right in your ear. Oh, totally. Like oh, and this. he's a sexy,
1: and he and he'd be like, "Oh, he looked at her luscious bum, like in that gorgeous silk dress." And you're like, "Oh my god, oh my god, he's whispering to me. Oh my god." <laughs> <laughs> so yes, I re- really recommend them, especially because the the narrator, his name is Shane East, and and um, I have some friends who are in the like voiceover world, and I keep being like, "If you meet Shane East." let me know. <laughs> yes. I want, I want that too. Yeah. Let me know. Um, but I recommend them. And then I have a mermaid recommendation and I, I didn't write it. Um, but I also interviewed this author, Julia Ember on the mermaid podcast because she wrote, it's a YA book, um, but she wrote a bisexual retelling of the little mermaid and it's set in the Arctic circle. Um, and it's a very like fascinating world 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 building where these it's like a clan of mermaids and after some war they were banished from their warmer climate and had to go live in the arctic circle so they've set up um their dwellings in like ice caves and you know they're friends with beluga whales and um there is a stranded viking shield maiden who's stranded on an ice shelf and that's how the relationship um, between the mermaid and this vi- this Viking shield maiden develops, and there's also um, a merman love interest, and so it's um, it's just a twist on the Little Mermaid stuff. And there's a lot of cool Viking mythology in it, um, and the author has uh, a, a, is a scholar and has a lot of experience with like Norse language and um, Viking mythology. So it's all very well done. And, and, and the way she thought out exactly how mermaids might survive in that climate and like how their blubber and their scales work is all just really, really cool. So it's called The Seafarer's Kiss and it's by Julia Ember. Um, and it's, it's really good. And she has a sequel coming out that is going to be a lesbian retelling of Captain Hook from Peter mm. Pan. Yeah. Yes. I'm excited for that one. Oh, Captain Hook is awesome. Yeah, so it's um, and I like from the end of the book, I can kind of see where she might go with it, and I think it'll be really fun.
0: Mm. So I've seen that book recommended other places too, but I did listen to your episode. Yeah, so.
1: I already knew about it. You I knew you about said it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. <clears throat> so, yeah, I think. Oh, 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 one oh, more. Oh, Sorry, I'm looking okay. at my Goodreads. So one more I read recently. The Ship of Brides by Jojo Moyes. I don't know how to say her last name. I don't know either. Well, it's, anyway, it's about, I, this is a bit of history I didn't know, but apparently when there were so many British forces in Australia during World War II, they married a lot of Australian women. And so after the war, there was this kind of whole kerfuffle about how they were going to get all of these Australian brides <laughs> over to Britain. Oh, um, and so they're like this tells a story, uh, or based on the fact of like this aircraft carrier that was converted to ship this huge gaggle of um, brides to their husbands, and just the what happens to them on the boat as they make their journey. And you know it's so fascinating because a lot of these were wartime marriages, so they knew each other for you know a couple of weeks, and then they get married, and then they're going to join their husbands, and it's like there's you know some people are getting telegrams like don't come jk lol didn't mean to marry you, <laughs> you know, like, i bet yeah. yeah um and also like you know not really knowing who they're going to um, and just these different stories of different women and the, and also like what a you know voyage it is um and some of them are so young and so it's just really really interesting to see the the history of the this aircraft carrier the different women and their reasons for joining these husbands and for getting in these marriages um and so yeah it was really really cool so the ship of brides thank you for that yeah we will put
0: that on the list yeah. on my very long list Little, i've been thinking I about i need to clean out my bookshelves yeah. and just be honest with myself about what i'm going to read and what i'm not going to yeah. read and just donate it to the local outreach center yeah. my my neighbor, kind of, she organ, She's so cute. She organizes the, the bookstore section of our local secondhand shop. So uh, she's very, cool! Like she, she, like kind of promotes it, and she, you know, try and get people in there. So I always give her my books. But, um, and then I think I was trying to decide whether I could in 2018 do a, like, read from my TBR list challenge. Oh. But I don't know. I, I do this. Know. I do this podcast, yeah, and it's so hard. Totally. I also people will say, feel, oh, here's a book, and I'm like, oh, okay, Squirrel. Yeah, to, oh, totally.
1: And then I also feel like there's sometimes where I've been a little bit interested in a book, and then bought it. It's on my shelf, and then I, but really, I was only interested in it for that moment. Um, and then later on, I'm like, uh, I've, I mostly I've gone past this. <laughs> I don't want that book
0: anymore. <laughs> I feel that way about like shoes, yeah, purses. <laughs>
1: Yeah. t-shirts yeah i'm also like a research hoarder like i um, on my desk there's about 18 different fairy tale books that i have read about like fairy tale theory and i have about four four or five more that i, I want to read um so I, I kind of also hoard my research library is all like the intense theory behind cinderella mm. <laughs> yeah. deep yeah
0: all right darling, are go you ahead. ready for the lightning round Ooh. okay oh gosh okay 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 yeah yeah okay go okay Dark or milk chocolate? Oh, milk chocolate. Coffee or tea? Coffee. <laughs> I knew that one. <laughs> when your phone rings, do you answer it? Nope. <laughs> How do you normally waste time on the internet? Oh, um, Facebook or Instagram. Mm-hmm. Would you go on a, uh, do you want to go on a vacation to the mountains or the beach? The beach. The. The mermaids. There's a knock... Okay. It's Saturday night, Uh 2 a.m. Okay. There's a knock at your door. (gasps) Would you prefer it be Channing Tatum or Chris Hemsworth?
1: Channing Tatum! Because then I'd be like... I would tie him to my bed and be like, answer my questions for my podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Do you like how I want to ask him questions before my podcast? Not like time to my bed, so I can like magic mic him. <laughs> so, like, I just want to and I like questions.
0: that you have a very specific plan. <laughs>
1: yeah, time to my bed and make him answer questions about my podcast. <laughs> I
0: love it. Okay, what's your preference: abs, forearms, or a chiseled jaw?
1: <clears throat> okay, okay, so in real life it's totally forearms but those aren't always captured well on a book cover so i usually go for abs because i know what kind of book it is Mm -hmm. and i'm hoping they'll deliver on their promise so like in real life show me your forearms but if it's a book give me some abs so i know where we're going
0: as a hawaii native Mm -hmm. and a mermaid lover Mm -hmm. are you more
1: likely to buy a cover with abs or a beach abs yeah yeah okay i know Because I know, because you know what, well, we all, I write mermaid erotica. I think we know what kind of stuff I like to happen at the beach. (laughs) (laughs) You want the abs on the beach. I want abs on the beach. (laughs) All right. And very important and last question of the lightning round.
0: What are your feelings about people who turn to the last page of a book first?
1: Um, No judgment, because before I understood that romance was like a genre where they had to have a happy ending, I used to like test books and turn to the last page and be like, okay, oh, good, good. This is that kind of book. Um, So now I know there's a That like it's a thing They have to have a happy ending
0: Yeah you don't have to Yeah I don't worry. have to worry But Hopefully. before I, I
1: understood that When I was like It sne- wasn't on like, Walden Books Like sneaking looks at books I shouldn't read I was turning to the end And being like Oh it's that kind of book Aww, yeah. Walden Books Yeah Walden Books The olden Walden Books Miss you Walden Books <laughs> Miss you Walden Books
0: <laughs> Alright well yeah. thank you so much We could probably talk all day Yes And we probably will We'll yes. get off And we'll keep talking Fantastic How can people get in touch with you? And when is the next mermaid book coming out? Okay,
1: great. So um, you should go to madamedeboudoir.com and you can sign up for my newsletter where you will get lots of fun things from Madame de Boudoir when she cares to speak. Um, And then that means that you also know when the next book, which will be called Maverick of the Sea, and it's going to be a mermaid and a cowboy, Mm -hmm. um, that will be coming out in the late spring of 2018
0: what does noah think about maverick of the sea
1: i actually don't think he even knows about it yet because he's still wrapping his head around king of the sea and then also i I distracted him with ice planet barbarians so noah at the coffee shop like but he i'm gonna have to tell him soon because he's gonna have to add that to his sales repertoire he's gonna yeah he's gonna have to start getting pre-orders yeah exactly (laughs) Thank you, darling. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: And we'll do this uh, when we have more mermaid stuff to talk about. Yeah, definitely.
1: Okay, awesome. And thank you, everybody. Go read some books.
0: Yeah, thank you.
1: Bye-bye.
0: Bye. Thank you for joining us today. If you like this podcast, please go to iTunes, subscribe, and leave a review. And if you want to share your love of a book with the world, you can go to our Facebook page and leave a comment or this is the fun part I have an actual phone number in our show notes call leave a message about a book that you loved, and you want the world to know about and I will try to play your voicemail on the air so that you can be a part of this podcast which after all is all about reading and readers this is Lindsay Emery on women with books keep reading